Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. My pleasure to uh, welcome to the pulpit today the Reverend Sam Owens. Uh, Sam is a graduate of uh, Berkeley Divinity School at Yale, and he is also the priest in charge of the Haitian Episcopal Church of the Good Samaritan in the Bronx, and he's the executive director of the New York Haiti Project, of which we are a partner. And uh, he is a wonderful colleague, but more than that, he is a wonderful friend. And immediately following this service, he's going to be talking about our connection with the New York Haiti Project and the need there in Haiti. But I invited him to speak about the power of the Trinity today. And so, uh, Sam, uh, give us Jesus. I speak to you in the name of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning, friends. I'm so grateful for this invitation. Jake, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me here. And and I want to start with a question this morning. (laughs) Why are we here? I mean, I don't mean why are we here on earth, although that's part of it. But I mean, why are we here in church today? It's a beautiful Sunday. We're in New York City. The greatest city on the earth. We could be doing almost anything. We could even be sleeping in. Uh, I have an agnostic friend who likes to say that on Sunday mornings he goes to St. Mattress of the Springs. (laughs) But you chose to come to church. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons, of course. Some of you were dragged here uh, by somebody kicking and screaming. Uh, Some of you are here because um, this is what you've always done. And some are here because your life is falling apart and you need help. Your partner left you, or you can't stop drinking once you start, or you're super anxious for no apparent reason. So you decided to come to church today. But consider the possibility that your decision to come here today was less about you and more about God. Today you were invited by God to be here, and you said yes. You were brought into fellowship with God in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you accepted an invitation that's been yours since you were still in your mother's womb. An invitation to be in community with God and with others. Now, one of the beautiful things about Church. One of the reasons why I like to go to churches in New York City and Haiti and to preach the gospel and when I'm lucky enough to be invited, uh, one of the things that keeps me coming back to church is that we get to be together and we reflect the communal nature of God and the Trinity. Each of us was built with a God-sized hole in us. I think mine's right about here. And that hole creates a hunger for connection with the divine. And satisfying our spiritual hunger is something that is very difficult to do alone. It's not an individual sport. We were made by God in the image and likeness of God by a God that is in relationship with God's self. And what that means is that community is essential and it's sacred. And we, we really learned that the hard way 
over the past three years of the pandemic. We need to be together because, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an essential part of who we are and whose we are. We have the power of the Trinity and the power of community in each of us and with us. So Jake gave us three heresies about the Trinity being like water or like an egg or like three in one body wash. Uh, and I'm not going to go into any of that. Um, that's just too, it's, it, it's too much for me to understand, frankly. But, but here's, here's what I know about the Trinity is that there's one God with three parts that are co-eternal, co-equal, and consubstantial, meaning that the Trinity is three distinct persons sharing one divine essence or nature. A lot of people want to kind of dismiss one or two parts of the Trinity. Oh, I believe in God. Jesus, he was a great teacher and a prophet, probably did some miracles. Not sure if he's God. Or they want to minimize the Holy Spirit. Oof, oof. That's kind of woo-woo. But I think doing that misses, first of all, the truth about God. And it minimizes the power of God to act in the world and to act in our individual lives. And we heard the Trinity, if, if you're not sure that it's real, we heard it in the very beginning of the the long opening lesson that we heard today from Genesis. The very beginning of the very beginning of the Bible begins with the Trinity. In the beginning, God created the Holy Spirit, or the wind, as it said. Uh, the, the Hebrew word is ruach. The, 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 the Spirit of God blew over creation, and God spoke the word, which later became flesh and walked among us as Jesus of Nazareth. And then later in the same text, just in case we missed the Trinity at the very beginning, in verse 26, it says, let us create humankind in our image according to our likeness. Three times God uses first-person plural to describe God's self. This is the God of the universe, the God that created everything, all that is. This is the same God who created us, the same God that is for us, that knows the numbers of hairs on our heads, even those that are, you know, dwindling. The same God saves us, and that same God is with us all the time, all the time. Of course, in Genesis chapter 3, it all goes horribly wrong. Adam and Eve are cast out of the Garden of Eden because of their sin and disobedience. And we know human sin continues today, every day, all over the world. I do a lot of work in Haiti, a lot of work with Haitians in the diaspora here and in Haiti. And the situation in Haiti right now is just horrific. Gangs have taken over, people are starving literally to death. Kidnapping is a common business practice. Violence rules. It's anarchy. How can the world allow Haiti to descend further and further into chaos and anarchy? And even the Episcopal Church in Haiti is corrupt. 
But that's where Jesus comes in. Because for just as Adam's trespasses led to condemnation for all, so Jesus' righteousness leads to justification and life for all. Romans chapter 5. We serve in Haiti not to save the Haitian people. That's Jesus' job. We serve in Haiti to be with the Haitian people. Just before Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells his disciples, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, says Jesus. That means authority over addiction, overeating, divorce, violence in Haiti. That means authority over even death. Wow. And then he goes on to say, Jesus is with us until the end of time. That's an amazing statement. It matters, friends, that Jesus is God. It matters. Because if Jesus wasn't God, Jesus would not be able to save us. On the seventh day in Genesis, God the Father finished the work of creating the world and rested. God rested. On the seventh day in John's Gospel, God the Son walked out of the tomb into the cool of the garden. They actually asked if he was the gardener into a new creation, and that's where we are today, in a new creation. God the Son has ascended to be with the Father, and that means he has sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. That's what we celebrated last week with Pentecost. Friends, we we were made in the image of God to carry out God's purpose of understanding and truth and love. We are here today in service to God's purpose, and each of us, has been given unique and valuable skills and tools to serve God's purpose. But the greatest thing that we have, that we've been given, is the unmerited grace of God. Amen? In my church, they they would say amen to that. (laughs) The unmerited grace of God. There we go. Grace means that for every step you take toward God, God takes ten steps toward you, running, Why are we here? We're here because we've been invited to be here, to be in relationship with a God that loves us so much. He came to earth to be like us, to suffer like us, and to save us. We're here because we've been invited to serve God by working to build God's kingdom on earth. Every day we receive this invitation. It's like an email waiting in our inbox when we get up in the morning. And that invitation isn't dependent on us having a 3.8 GPA or a fat bank account. We're invited to be just as we are. And we're here to celebrate the life that God the Father is giving us through God the Son, Jesus, with the help of God the Holy Spirit that lives, lives in each of us until the end of the age. And may God bless these words. And may God bless each of us. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you all. It is uh, great to have you here. And um, uh, just, you know, uh, by way of Trinity Sunday, I was thinking about like an experience that I used to have a very, you may be seated, I had a very good friend 
who uh, worked with me when I was uh, at the university and uh, at the library, and he was Muslim, and we used to go back and forth sometimes, and he said, Jacob, the issue with you guys is you're terrible with math. You're actually tritheists, not monotheists. And uh, we would, and it really like caused me to think, and what, what is this all about? And he said, the Trinity's not even mentioned in the Bible. And, um, and, uh, and I, I thought to myself, gosh, and so I had to go back and take a look at this. And, uh, and it's absolutely right, you won't find the word Trinity mentioned in the Bible at all. But um, while it is not explicit, it is profoundly implicit. Indeed, St. Paul, deeply rooted in the Jewish tradition, he says the Shema several times that God is one. And then you have Jesus who makes the claim to be God. Makes the claim to be God and then raises from the de third day vindicated. It's a sign that he is God. And he ascends to heaven where he delivers us his Holy Spirit, God's presence in the midst of his perceived absence. Where he continues to meet us day in and day out, Sunday after Sunday, in his word and in these means, bread and wine. Ah, but another friend one time who was a Mormon, and he said, Psh, how can you even figure that out, Jake, Trinity? How can you figure that out? To which I'm reminded of a very powerful story of a Hindu prince who had become a Christian. And as a result, his father made him one of the Dalits, an untouchable. And the missionaries were actually kind of blown away by that. They were like, whoa, we didn't think anybody would actually take this seriously. And they were, there he was on a trash heap, and they said, why would you become a Christian? And he shared several powerful things about Jesus, which we all believe. But at the end, what captured my mind when we think about the Trinity is he said, what I need in my life, what I need to save me, is not an immortal God with mortal characteristics. What I need to save me is an immortal God with immortal characteristics. Let me proclaim to you right now, if you can figure out God, you may not want to worship him. And this is why he meets us, this profound idea of a trinity. The Father who's created you is the same one in Jesus who has saved you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit is always with you. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.